It is time now for our daily chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. I have a question for you. Sure. Do you leave voicemails for people? Yeah, I leave voicemails. I send text messages. I send emails. Uh, I'm not a patient person. So I use all the methods available. And if I don't hear back in like 30 seconds, I go through the same cycle again. (laughs) Uh, The listener, however, uh, the unlikely event they've ever tried to use my voicemail, what they may discover is a complaint that I hear all the time, which is it's not set up. On, on my That's iPhone. hilarious. And also um, not entirely and, unexpected. <laughs> well, and some might say, knowing me well, that that's because I don't understand the technology and know how to do it by myself. Others might go, well, Palmer's transitioned to the new era where you don't use um, voicemail and leave messages. So I just let the listener decide on their own on that one. So you're either way behind the times or way ahead of the times. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I'm always looking for an excuse for my inability to deal with technology and I'll take refuge anywhere. I agree with you 100%. You do not need to set up your voicemail. Absolutely not. You don't need to do it. All right. Let's talk about what's going on out there. There's a big contingent, as you talked about, uh, of BC politicians in Ottawa today. Yes, there is. The Premier and six ministers went down to Ottawa yesterday with a long wish list. And we're getting a media news conference with the Premier, a phone-in one, um, around noon today with a progress report. Look, uh, the EB government has a long list of things that needs help from Ottawa on. And we've entered a time when the federal government, the federal liberals, uh, need British Columbia more than ever. And for a couple of reasons, one, because they're in trouble in the opinion polls. But in addition to that, of course, Trudeau wouldn't be prime minister without the day-to-day support of the federal NDP. So these are two governments that have a lot of mutual interest in making each other look good. And I'm expecting we will get a fairly positive news conference today at noon. Okay. On what topics do you think? Well, infrastructure's on the list. BC would very much like the federal government to help out on some major projects out here. Uh, I guess you'd say the Massey Tunnel replacement is still on that list and they're still looking for help. Otherwise, rumbled several times saying, well, yeah, we're interested, but they'd like to see it. Housing, and this is one that EB has been pushing. He wants the federal government to effectively help create a land bank here in British Columbia, a federal land that will be available for quick development of housing. That's what EB's pressing for, uh, military bases. Ottawa owns a lot of land and wants to see that available. And also looking for the federal government to expedite funding for housing and get going on it. But both these governments, Simi, are masters at holding news conferences to announce what they're going to do and how they're going to help. But with an election a little, just a year away, we'll be into the campaign a year from now, uh, EB has got to start showing those results that he promised, and he wants as much help as he can get from Ottawa. Is this a mutual thing right now, though? Because Ottawa certainly needs BC being in a three-way tie poll-wise, and they've got an election not that far away on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, the pr- Prime Minister has said he's not in any rush to call an election, and he's also said he's staying. Both of those, I think, at the federal level are big question marks, but no question that... Um, the, the, the era of talking and promise-making 
uh, public patience has run out on a lot of this stuff. And, you know, British Columbia can't even keep up with current levels of immigration. And the provincial government has rightly pointed out that the federal government is very generous in allowing immigration to the country. They are not nearly as generous in helping to build the housing that those newcomers need and fund the other services they need. Uh, British Columbia gets a disproportionate number of the immigrants. Uh, the EB government is very proud of that. They say it makes British Columbia a great place to come to and a great place to live, and we all know that. But the, this provincial government is one of the first to start clearing its throat and saying to Ottawa, you know, you're letting all these people in. That's wonderful. But we're having trouble looking after them with services that ought to be shared funding with the federal government. A good example, you want municipalities to start building housing? Uh, the province wants Ottawa to help construct the infrastructure of sewers and everything else, roads that are needed for those municipalities to be able to accommodate all the new residents. Okay, so obviously that's going to be an issue. I have to ask you as well about bail reform, right? Because there's a couple of things that are on the yeah. list here. Bail reform's another one. Yeah, I said yesterday that, you know, I was still getting caught up when I got back and I noticed the federal government had done what the provinces have been asking for, BC in particular have been asking for, which is the uh, House of Commons on the first day back, I think, approved the changes to the criminal code that will make it more difficult for repeat violent offenders to get bail. That's the change. Uh, the Ottawa brought in the legislation in the spring. They didn't debate it before the House of Commons adjourned, and the province was pretty upset about that. So the House of Commons put it through, and that's very good news, and the EB government is happy, but uh, the Senate hasn't passed it yet. The bill goes from the House of Commons to the Senate. That's how the system works. And there has been a significant pushback uh, at the federal level from groups that say that are opposed to this particular bail reform. They say it won't work. They say it is at odds with rulings of the Supreme Court of Canada. And they say it will lead to greater incarceration of marginalized groups, including Indigenous people. So they're upset that the House of Commons passed the bill without debating it. They just passed it. And they very much want the Senate to take its time, maybe even hold hearings on this. And so one of the reasons that the province's attorney general is with the premier, Nikki Sharma, is she's trying to talk to the federal government and the Senate to the degree that she can to say, this reform still isn't a reform, still isn't what the province needs, unless the Senate passes the bill as well. So it's still an open question whether or not this reform is going to be enacted in time to make any difference here in British Columbia before the next election. A couple of the things I wanted to talk to you about as well this morning, Vaughn. One is, what did the Premier have to say about the shared intelligence between the federal and provincial government, especially when it comes to this whole India situation? Well, that's an interesting one because uh, when I went over the transcript of the Premier's remarks at the UBCM on Friday to reporters, I found that he brought this up. And I Look, uh, I spent five weeks in the United States, and when you go to the United States as a Canadian, uh, you generally don't hear any news from back home, and that's a good thing, given what the news media reports. 
Uh, but in this case, there was plenty of coverage down there of this breach precipitated by our prime minister's comments between Canada and India, the United States government involvement and allegations about who knew what and when. Well, uh, the premier on Friday got asked about the prime minister's comments and about the breach. And he said a couple of things. Uh, he said, first of all, there, that he had a concern about information sharing between the federal and provincial governments on this matter. So uh, Eby said he learned about the prime minister's comments um, an hour before the prime minister made them. And, you know, the prime minister got up in the House of Commons and accused India of being involved in the killing of Sikh advocate Nijar here in BC in June. And the premier left it hanging there in the air that he thought he should have been told a bit more sooner. He also said that where the Security and Intelligence Service is briefing provincial politicians on this, Eby says he basically gets told what's already been reported in the news media. And Eby said, I can read the newspapers. You know. So you put all that together, again, he's indicating that he expects better from the federal government, given the pressures here in British Columbia on the provincial government within the Indo-Canadian community over this issue. So um, apparently that's one of the things they're going to talk about. I don't know what he'll say about all this today, Simi, but he's already said more on it than I would have expected. So there's a, hmm. there's a significant level of disappointment here with the premier over the way the prime minister made this statement in the House of Commons without really preparing the provincial government for the implications of it. And speaking of uh, the U.S. and the things that they write about down there, really interesting article, Vaughn, in the Washington Post this morning yes. on the murder of Mr. Nijar in Surrey with access the likes of which that I don't think Canadian media has gotten either. So uh, very interesting article in the Post. So there's more for us to talk about. I, I also have to talk to you about housing this morning, too, because yes. there's this big press conference coming up. Yes. So um, housing minister... Ravi Kalon has press conference in Saanich at two o'clock this afternoon, and this involves the naughty list. Now, New Democrats hate it when we refer to it as the naughty list, but the government has been talking, well, David, he's been talking for three years about getting municipalities to expedite approval of needed types of housing, and the government named after they passed legislation to help expedite 10 municipalities in BC that in the provincial government's opinion weren't doing enough. Uh, Saanich is one of them and that's where Gallon is holding his press conference today and supposedly uh, we're told what we're going to get today, Simi, is um, the naughties. Again, they hate it when we say that, so I keep saying it. Uh, <laughs> but what... <laughs> Come on, you got to have some fun. Absolutely. Um, given the message control in the provincial government, anytime something wriggles out from the message boxes and you get to talk about it, uh, you make the most of it. So anyway, we're going to hear today what the 10 municipalities have got to do in terms of targets in order to make the provincial government happy. Now, this is, we're told, not just a matter of you need to build this many units of housing. They are going to be told the type of housing they need to build. It's for 
middle-income residents. It's for people with families. So enough of the one-bedroom condo towers. Uh, yes. Start building townhouses. And, and this is true. The province is absolutely right about this. So, you know, I think there's going to be public support for it. Remember, however, that the provincial government provided a system to ensure that the housing gets built. At the end of the day, if the municipalities don't live up to it, the province can intervene and overrule them. Now, they say they don't want to use that power. It's just one of those nifty little threats that they don't actually want to use it. Don't get us wrong. We're going to work with the municipalities and we're going to provide them we're going to provide them with money to help them do this. So at the UBCM uh, on Friday the, or last week, the New Democrats announced a $61 million fund to help municipalities build capacity, hire staff and consultants, expedite approvals. The province has also made it clear that it's going to be there with money for infrastructure but that's the carrot, but there's a stick implied in all that too, Simi, which is if the municipalities, the not, really naughty ones, won't go along with this, probably going to withhold that kind of money. That money is not going to be available. So um, this is a very much carrot and stick thing, and it's on a pretty tight timeline, Simi. Go back to when David Eby became housing minister under John Horgan in December 2020. He started talking about this. One of the first planks in his bid for the leadership of the NDP a year ago, it was enacted. The enabling legislation for this was enacted in December. Well, anybody can look at the political calendar and go, you know, David Eby said, we're not just going to talk about this stuff. We're going to show results. Well, time is running out yeah. on the results. He's, he's the one, you know, the election date is fixed October the 19th, 2024, uh, he's got to get going on some of this stuff. So he's already, I would say, behind schedule. Today's press conference, news conference, is going to be pretty important. I think it is too. Vaughn, thank you. We'll talk to you about it tomorrow. Bye-bye, Simi.